0: Okay, can anybody hear me? Let me know if you guys can hear me now. Not sure what is the issue there, but I think sound should be back. So somebody can let me know if we have sound. I would appreciate it. But gonna going to hang out until somebody can confirm. But it looks like everything is working now on my end. Not sure what was wrong. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Sorry about that, everybody. Not sure what the issue was there, but I got it all figured out. So, you know, uh, welcome. You know, it is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Saber DFS Office Hours, as always, five days a week, 2 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions in. We got a handful of questions in the Discord server, in the Office Hours channel. If you have any questions live, get them in the YouTube chat. Get them in now. Looks like we have about three questions to get through. I feel like we should get through them pretty quickly. Sorry about the sound issues, but with that, we will get going here. So, first question looks like this one came in at the end of the day yesterday, toward the end of yesterday's stream. So, we missed it, but this one came in from Phantom. Phantom said, How do I find the optimal? In the app, I hear players talking about the optimal. I get what it means and what it is, but how would I run that in the app? Hope that makes sense. NFL or NBA. I think this would help me to make better adjustments. Okay. So let's talk about it. So, you know, phantom, you know, when we talk about, you know, the quote unquote optimal, what we are talking about is let, and we'll use NBA as an example. Cause you said NFL or NBA. So we got a five game NBA slate tonight. Let's talk about it for NBA. So, you know, SaberSim, we have a entire database of simulations that we run of thousands and thousands of sims. And all of these uh, outputs that you see are, this is a summary of the points that this player scores across our entire sim database. In order to find a quote-unquote optimal, our way of doing that is to run a build where the sliders are zero correlation, zero ownership fade, and 10 sim diversity. What this is going to do is that it's going to apply zero metric, like there's going to be no correlation metric applied to the projections. There's going to be no ownership fade metric applied to the projections. At 10 sim diversity, what's going to happen? We are going to take single slate simulations and build your lineups based on that so what's going to happen is that we are going to pull one random game sim for each game and construct the lineup based on what happened in that game simulation so every game gets played once you know the the projections that you see these are mean outcomes this is the mean projection that this player scores across the entire database of sims. So we are going to completely ignore this mean projection and we are going to randomly sample a single game from the database for every game, take those projections and then build the quote-unquote optimal because we are only using a single game sim for each game and we are not applying a metric for correlation and not applying a metric for ownership fade that is our way of simulating what an optimal would be if each game were to get played once with no additional metrics applied and whatever that player scores in that one game sim is now their projection that is our way of simulating what we would call an optimal so you can do this and then if you build a pool of 500 that exact process that i just described Is going to happen 500 different times, so you can get an understanding of what how of how a player performs across 500 quote unquote like optimal slate simulations. So you know if we were to do this, what I would do is you know this is like what we used to call a research build, something uh, a term that Jordan coined when he would do the show. So you run this build you can either, um, what I like to do is always have this pool exposure because you're you're basically, you want to look at all 500 times that this happened. So you can either change the number of lineups up at the top or you can just scroll over and see the pool column. Uh, I'm just going to change it so we can see it right in the front of our screen. So in in this scenario, what I'm looking for mostly is I am looking at ownership. I want to see how the, if the highest own plays how often they come up optimal and somebody like dylan brooks is a great example he's getting quite a bit of ownership at this point in the day he is not showing up as optimal as his ownership would lead you to believe so like this is kind of a red flag um you know you can also sort by leverage and like hartenstein is showing up in the optimal a lot 310 out of 500 lineups have him so that means every single time we did the slate simulations that he ended up in the lineup so he must be a really good play i don't know what the injury situation looks like but um you know this can like lead you down a rabbit hole of research for the slate and kind of understanding the slate dynamics i bet you if you know we were to pop over to basketball monster we would see something about somebody for the Knicks, like possibly being out or questionable. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's likely that he gets a lot more playing time. So it looks like Mr. Mitchell Robinson is out. So probably where the Hartenstein um, playing time is coming from. And then, you know, you can also like take this information and go to somewhere like popcorn machine and see, um you know has has Mitchell Robinson been out is this his first game out you know did Hartenstein play last game and you know was or like was he like the first guy off the bench like what is like the context of where these plays come from and like that's something that I like to do you know I see a play really high leverage really high exposure you know kind of walk that back and figure out if it makes sense like like does this play make sense and I think um, a pretty good example of that yesterday was Jordan Hall. He plays for the Spurs. If you ran a build pre-lock, you were getting a lot of him because Trey Jones was out. And then by the time the Spurs lineup came out, he was no longer in the lineup. He was not projected to start start anymore. So I had the late swap to get off of him. But you know, it's like some of those things that you can kind of see and uh guide yourself down the right direction and kind of figure out if those plays make sense so you know the point of running an optimal is to just get the uh sim outputs in like their rawest form and i i still think it's a viable strategy to use even at this point with all the improvements that we've made i don't see anything wrong with running a research build running a test build a test build is just like simply you know this would be like a research build with zero zero ten and then, you know, you switch this and then you go and run a, uh, run a build with the correlation and the ownership and the sim diversity and see how that differs and see, you know, if the sim likes some plays more, some plays less with these metrics applied. I think balancing those two, balancing like optimal with DFS strategy components like correlation and ownership fade is ultimately what you kind of want to do. I don't I don't think one is better than the other. I think they're used better in combination, which is, you know, basically why sim diversity is so high here. And then we apply the correlation and ownership fate based on our back testing. So the sliders are set where they are for a reason. I don't think you need to do too much when you actually go to build your lineups. But for research purposes, I think it is okay to move the sliders around and try different things if you have a purpose for doing it. And you can describe what you're doing, what, what value it is creating and why you are doing it. I think if you can answer those questions for yourself, I think almost any strategy, uh, is, is, is viable if, if you can justify it like that. So good question there, Phantom. Sorry, it Yesterday, gonna keep rolling here. I had a question that came in, in support, want to get to that one. Before I forget it. So let me get that in here. seems like a topic we've been talking about a lot. So happy to keep just, uh, touching on it. So somebody from support sending a message said when playing NFL slash NBA, what's the best amount of min uniques? I should be playing in 150 max. Okay. Good question. So the answer is that there is not a right answer. It depends on what you value do you want to get more diverse with your lineups does spreading out and uh trying to smooth out your variance mean more to you or are you somebody who is more of like a core group of players type of person or you know is okay with really high risk profile uh lineup portfolios you know how much bankroll are you playing a night you know are you saying, I want to play really aggressive and playing a low amount of bankroll. Are you playing a large amount of your bankroll where maybe diversifying is probably, uh, more important to you that way, you know, you don't, uh, lose so much on a night to night basis, playing such a high percent of your bankroll. So those are some of the questions that you have to ask yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of player am I, what kind of risk tolerance do I have? Or like, what is my risk profile in my lineup portfolio? Um, how much bankroll am I playing a night? And then you can come in here and decide how many mini uniques you want to play. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot on the stream the other day with um, Andy and Matt talking about different ways to use mini uniques, uh, different strategies. I had different thoughts than they did. I think all the thoughts are valid and viable options. So, you know, something that, I just like want to say like, if you really, really value core, uh, diversification, like it is okay to go deep into your pool, like to get more diverse, that is a trade-off that you're going to have to make. Um, so it's just something like to be aware of, like, you know what, I just want to get really diverse. I want to spread out. And I think it's okay to like treat every lineup in your pool as viable. That's something that I learned from Matt when he was on here and it's something that I've started to incorporate into my own process. If that's not the type of player I am, maybe I want to be more concentrated on what I perceive are the best plays. Then maybe, you know, I have like less uniques so I can get more concentrated ownership and we could see how Hartenstein moves from 80% at Minunique's fives to 60% at Min unique player's six. And you know, These are questions that you have to answer for yourself, but I just want to show you guys the questions that you need to be asking to get to the right answer for you and your individual process. So that's the best way to think about it. We will get a timestamp uh, recording over to you if you are tuning in from support. So really good question. We are going to keep moving here. I see a couple more questions coming in in Discord. It looks like we had a question from Nipsey and I am trying to catch up on this, but um, I'm going to circle back on this one. Nipsey going to keep rolling here. Got a question from snowman 11 snowman said, should we build all, should we build our lineups 15 minutes before lock? Okay. So this depends And one, it depends on the sport you're playing, but I'm assuming this is an NBA question. So the the best thing you can do is not build your final lineup set until the lineups are released and you see a green check mark for both of the teams confirming that the players are um, confirmed in the lineup and SaberSim has processed that information. SaberSim is really fast at taking lineup news and running sims and confirming the players in. We usually do that within a few minutes of the lineups getting released. You can see a green check mark up by the name and you can also see it in the status. You will get uh, green check marks in the status column. Once the starting lineups have been confirmed, that is not to say that you should not start your research process prior to that. You do not need to know, what the starting lineups are in order to do research for the slate. I think it's totally okay to go in and do exactly what we were just talking about, run a research build, run a test build, you know, look at outside sources like injury news and popcorn machine and try to come up with some conclusions of your own and get some slate context about what the slate is looking like, where the value is, where the high projected plays are, etc. I think you can do all of that before the final starting lineups come out but um and you can even you can even get a build in even if you were to run a build like 30 minutes before just to just to know that you have lineups in and that you are going to be like okay if something happens and if you're not able to get your lineups in in time for whatever reason you know at least you know that like hey I got something in 30 minutes before and it's viable and I can still late swap off of that Something that, that I like to do is is X out this first game and then just run run a build. And that way I know that I have no players that start at lock. And if I were to miss lock for any reason, internet goes out, something, I can have all of my lineup spots available to late swap accordingly. And hopefully news breaks, hopefully I get a little lucky and fall onto some value in the later game. So that's just like uh side note there something that i like to do but um you know i would say it all depends when the limes come out and you also have to understand how long it takes you from build start to tweaking your builds post build to filling your entries in the entry editor to upload like for me that's about i'd say because i play multiple sites takes me about 10 minutes so you know lock is at uh, 730 Eastern today, I got to start at about 720 Eastern, regardless of whether the lineups are out or not. It's like, okay, it's 720. I got to go. And I got to just work off of the latest information I have. And just know that like, you are not at a disadvantage by doing that because the lineup is not out for everybody. Every single person in your contest is dealing with the same exact situation. And it's up to you to decide how it's best for you to handle it, based on your process, based on how you operate within the app. Some people can probably do it in less than 10 minutes and good for them. But for me, it takes about 10 minutes to do uh, multi, multiple sites, multiple builds for my diversifiers and elevators. I could probably cut that down, but it tends to work out just fine most of the time. And I'll say that once the lineups come out, you know, especially like other data providers that are not, as automated with their projections as Sabersim is, will have a lot of trouble getting those updates in and getting those out to the people to put into whatever optimizer they're using to get their lineups uh going. So I think that you know you have to understand how much time it takes you to from build start to entry and base it off of that. If you can wait till final lineups are out for whatever game is about to lock, I would do that if you can. So that is probably Best practice, in my opinion. All right. Got a question here from John Stanger. And John said, Let me get this in the chat. John said, NFL 150 max question. Say I have like four to five players that I want to have grouped together some of the times, but not all the time. Is there a good way to find a middle here? This past week, I had bumped my four to five players up to the 10 to 25% range. But even so, that doesn't guarantee that any of them show up together very often. On the other end, I could make a rule that says always play like at least one to two from the group, but then that would put them in all my lineups, which I don't always necessarily want. And then um, follow up here second part of the question said I wanted a few lineups to get some Jefferson and another high priced receiver like Adams or lamb in my build, but can't think of a way to do it without getting the way high exposures, way higher exposures than I want. Okay. So, so this is a good question, John. What I would say is that I, I would, okay. If this was me and I had a couple of guys that I wanted to get to, what, what I would do, so if I go over to NFL and I'm going to go over to last week's main slate here and I'm going to kind of run a test. So I'm just going to name, write down some of these names that you mentioned. So we said Jefferson, we said Adams, and we said Lamb. So I would take the guys that you want to use and I would put them – in a group with other players that Saber Sim really likes, that you are getting high exposure to at default builds. And what I think this can do is that, you know, you, you want to put them in a group, right? But there's only three. So it's like use at least one, use at least two. That is going to force a lot of them. I would put them in a group with players that are like really highly exposed. So I have Jefferson, Adams, Lamb. I'm going to add Amon Ra, St. Brown to this list. I'm going to use Pierce. I'm going to add Pierce to this list. I'm going to add Singletary, and I'm only going to do position players, so I'm only going to add Kelsey and not Mahomes. Uh, Maybe I could throw in Pollard and Taylor here. So Pollard and Taylor are like honorable mentions in that. So So from my group of three players that I had, I just added one, two, three, four, five, six players that Saber Sim is like pretty highly exposed to out of the gate. What I'm trying to accomplish is I'm just trying to make this group a little bigger to give Saber Sim more options. And I know that Saber Sim already likes these plays. So then I would go and make a manual group rule, say, you know, use at least maybe four is, is a number that you threw out there. And I would... I would put the plays you like in combination with the plays Saber Sim likes. It's in a way you're telling Saber Sim, hey, I want to value these plays as much as you are valuing these other plays and put them in a group rule and treat them all the same. That's basically what you're telling Saber Sim is like, hey, try and treat all of these players the same. And you're going to say use four out of nine. So, you know, it's about... um you're saying like use four out of nine. That's about like half of the players are going to be used all, all in every single lineup. There's going to be some combination of them, but I think this is a way to get more of the plays you want in combination with the plays that Saber Sim is giving you and try and tell Saber Sim, like, no, you know, put these players in as much as you are putting in these other players like Amon or Brown, like Singletary, like Kelsey, like Pollard, et cetera. So if I were to do it, I would just try and make the group bigger based on Saber Sim's plays. That way you're not straying too far away from Saber Sim, but you're also getting what you want as well. So that's that's the way I would give that a shot. I think that's a viable solution. Don uh, said I'll have to try that next week. Basically add a group with the high exposure plays and then add in some of my favorite low owned plays as well. Yeah, so... Good summary there. I think that's exactly what, what we were uh, talking about, alluding to. I think that is the best way to kind of do that. And I don't see anything wrong with that strategy, to, to be quite honest with you. I think it's a uh, interesting one, um, trying to get Saber Sim to like understand who you value, etc. Um, I saw a question here from Nipsey, and uh, Nipsey said, Hey, Andrew, what is opportunity cost factored into Sabre score? Could you use any of the metrics to factor it in? If not, it would be great as a weight for a lineup sorter. Looks like there was a little bit of back and forth here uh, in a a thread between Nipsey and Shady Advice. Nipsey, I'm going to catch up on this thread. It's a little hard for me to sit here and read through a thread on stream with everyone tuning in, so got to keep the stream rolling. I will read this. And if I have any questions, I will respond here. We will touch on this at the start of tomorrow's stream either way. So if I need to get some clarification from the team about what goes into Saber score, I can do that after the stream. And then if I have any questions for you specifically, I will ask them in this thread, try and get some clarification. That way I can get a better answer at the start of tomorrow's stream. So just wanted to throw that out there, Nipsey, not ignoring your question. Going to look at that, going to read that and catch up and get back to you tomorrow. But that being said, going to hop over to YouTube chat. I only see one more question in the chat. I know Tuesdays are a light day, you know, long weekend of NFL Sunday, Monday, and, you know, smaller NBA slate tonight. So if you have any more questions, Get them in now. I'm going to hit this last one and we'll see if we wrap up after this or not. Got a question from Jake Thielen. Said if you do a seven day trial and don't want to continue, your card gets charged up front or no? Okay. So if you sign, if you are an existing member and you already have an account and you want to do a SaberSim Pro trial, you will not be charged. The Saberson Pro trial is set to expire after seven days. If you are not a member and do a trial, I believe you will be charged once your seven-day free trial is up. And if you do a trial for the standard plan, your your trial will automatically enroll you in an standard account. So if you try it out, don't like it, I would just shoot an email to support at sabersim.com and say, Hey, you know, please set my trial to end at the end to end, you know, before I get charged at the end of my seven day free trial period. So if you have any questions, you know, you can reach out to support at sabersim.com with these type of questions and they will be able to give you a detailed response and um, make any adjustments to your trial as needed so that they are the best resource to contact, But I believe that is how it works. So just wanted to clarify that. But that being said, everybody not seeing any more questions come in, you know, we will be right back here tomorrow. As always, apologize for the sound issues at the start. Didn't know that I appreciate the people jumping in and letting me know that's an issue. So Really appreciate it. I see we just got a quick question from DJ Sirius. Said, can you so can you walk through your NBA build of your process that would produce lineups you would feel comfortable playing and knowing a late swap can occur? Okay, DJ Sirius, where I'm going to point you is I actually did this and I walked through my NBA process. So I want to take you over there. And another awesome resource is we had Max Steinberg on. Max is a high stakes. DFS pro. I'm sure you've seen him around, you know, always comes on and is willing to share a lot about his process. So if you go over to our YouTube channel and I'm going to just pull this up really quickly and you go to how to beat NBA DFS in 2022 under playlist, this is the video where we had max on. And then if you go over to the office hours channel, And you go down here. There are a couple videos. So it's this walk walking through an NBA process. This was me walking through an NBA process and talking about things I look for before a build. So this is an awesome video. Also, this all things NBA ahead of tip-off of the 2022-23 season. Another awesome video. So these three videos in combination are what I would watch if I were looking for Tips on an NBA process. I think that these three videos are like really good. If you're gonna only watch one, watch the one with Max Steinberg. Max is awesome, drops tons of awesome uh tips and um, advice along the way in this video. Was a really long video, ton of questions came in and they just kept rolling. So that was really, really good. So he said, Okay, thanks. Awesome. Uh Jolly, not sure what you're referring to with uh GameStack. Maybe i misspoke at some point but let me know if there's anything there uncrabby cabby with a really good question says is too much attention being paid to late swap i think this is a really interesting question here and you know i think that especially early in the season when there isn't so much injury news like on a night-to-night basis you know we're not in like the dog days of nba yet You know, we kind of see that when the new year turns over uh, closer to like the all-star break. Um, I would say take it on a case-by-case basis. What I would recommend is always checking injury news and based on injury news is how I would determine how much I need to value late swap on a night to night basis. I mean, there is like a ton of news pending in this late game, like the last game of the night, Um, you know, so like maybe this is a slate where you value late lot more. We've had multiple NBA slates across the last week where almost all the news was out before lock. I think yesterday was the exact same way. The last bit of news was Jalen green and Jalen green was announced available to play. And there was like no pending injury news. So I think that, You should take it on a case-by-case basis. Always come and check in on Injury News. This Fantasy uh, Basketball News Dashboard by Basketball Monster is an awesome website. They, you know, make it really easy to kind of track news in the amount of time that it got uh, last reported. And, you know, they put, like, high-level or monster, you know, guys questionable, guys in or not. So I think this is, like, an awesome resource Um, I would definitely handle it on a case-by-case basis. Um, Uncrabby Cabby had a follow-up said, can setting up lineups pre-lock for late swap cost you EV? It can most definitely cost you EV. So that is like something that you have to weigh. It's like, you know, what happens if I set up my lineups to have late swap flexibility and no good late swap news drops? Like that means that you missed out on other plays earlier in the night. And that happens. And that is something that you have to kind of live with if you're going to take that approach. So not to say that, you know, don't do it, but you know, you should, you should be okay knowing that sometimes no news is going to break, but when the news breaks, you are going to be in an optimal spot to capitalize on it more than other people. I think that is the ultimate takeaway, you know, in DFS, you are not going to win every night you are not going to win for sometimes weeks uh, in the worst cases, you know, sometimes months, but like when you are right, you want to be really right. It's always like, uh, you know, this is something I like to, you know, talk about with like the the other uh, Sabre guys. It's like, you know, you, you hear a lot of people with like takes, right. And, you know, sometimes like people have a take and it's right. It's like, well, did you get paid for that take? And like, that is like, the determining factor is like you could be right but if you didn't get paid for being right then then what does it matter so i think like that that's kind of what it comes down to is that when the late swap news breaks you're in a position to capitalize on it more and hopefully profit from that decision but you have to be okay knowing that sometimes you're going to sacrifice ev doing that because you are not always going to get late swap news it is not a guarantee for late swap news to come out so you know, sometimes you're going to be sitting there holding the bag with a bunch of bench players from, from one of the last games of the night. And, you know, that's a risk that some people are willing to take. Some people want to take less and like, that's okay. So those are questions you have to ask yourself. Uh, going to keep moving here. Jolly said, which game stack would you recommend for tonight? So if I were looking at builds for tonight, I would ask Saber Sim. I would come in here. And I would run either the 0-0-10 build that we talked about, or maybe I want to run a build with correlation and ownership. You can come over to this game stacks tab. Looks like we like game stacks of the Knicks and Utah, and you can see they're really highly exposed in the pool, almost you know one point five x the next closest, and we're getting you know just about as much of them in our top twenty. So. You know, if I were to pick a game stack, this is how I would look for that. And I think that, you know, you can come in here and you, this is with no correlation in ownership. You could run another build at default settings and and see what that looks like. So you know, let's let's do that really quickly. I'm kind of kind of interested in to see if we like those same teams as much, more or less. So let's see what that looks like. I'm gonna get 500 builds pulled up here really quickly. I'm gonna go over to our game stacks. And it looks really similar. So even with correlation and ownership fade, still really liking this uh, Nixon Utah game for for whatever reason. I don't know if they're the highest total or what? It looks like it's like a 230 total. Looks like the highest total on the night. Memphis, New Orleans, a close second. but you know, these these are demonstrations of ways to answer a question using sabersim that you have you know you can you can ask sabersim these questions in in different ways and these are the ways that i would get the answers from the tool uh dj series had a question one more question will you have any more nhl content experts on or are the videos posted going to be it okay good question so if you are not aware if for everybody Uh, Mr. Clean is now a member of the SaberSim team. His name is Scott. You go see him in the Discord, Scott-SaberSim. You can um, always uh, post in the NHL channel. Scott is around, always willing to help. I believe we are going to have Scott back on at some point over the next uh, month or two as Scott gets kind of acclimated to uh, being on the SaberSim team. So hold out for news on that. I will let Scott know that the people are uh, wanting to hear from him again. I'm sure he he's always happy to come on, comes on every year. So not sure what the NHL content looks like from this point on, but um, you know Scott is a part of the team now, and I know Scott's always willing to come on and chat. So good question. I'll take that one back to the team and see what we can do about having him on in the future. All right, DJ uh, – I'm sorry – that was from dj Sirius. uh just going to note that nhl content question down here and then uh follow up from uncrabby cabby said i understand the diversity of lineups lessening your risk of ruin but is it a winning strategy over time so uncrabby cabby the 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 really like the goal of like kind of using min uniques is to kind of like um you know you hit it on the head when you said you know uh, diversify lessen your risk of ruin. you are sacrificing some amount of EV, but we think that the um, the amount of EV that you are losing, you are gaining back like like diversifying your portfolio is so much more important than the small amount of EV that you are losing by not playing the first 150 lineups in your pool. You know, we really like to think that all lineups in the pool are viable. So even if you have to go a little farther down to diversify, a lot of these lineups, the EV is still really, really close to each other. And if you can get more diverse within that lineup portfolio, you are not sacrificing enough EV to worry about that specific idea. That is like a stance that that we have and like firmly believe. We think that you know getting more unique is, is important that way. Um, the swings aren't as big because the swings can get really, really big in DFS. And if you can find a way to hopefully realize some of your edge sooner by spreading out by playing different combinations, um, of players, that, that is totally worth it. So, I, I would still really recommend using min uniques in your builds and not worrying so much about maximizing ev at all costs because uh the cost can be expensive and you know you still gotta realize that that variance and have those binks to get there i think diversifying is is more important at that point so those are my thoughts there but um appreciate everybody coming in you know toward the end and getting us some more questions so we can keep this stream rolling you know was we were kind of light on the questions. Uh, you know, everyone kind of turned it up the last 10 minutes or so and kept the stream rolling. But that being said, everybody, we will be right back here tomorrow. If you have questions, get them in the Discord server in the office hours channel. That's where we always start with these shows. If you are if you are not signed up with Saber Sim, there is a link below to a seven-day free trial, no strings attached. Get signed up, get using the tools. And until then, good luck in your contest. If you need any of the team members, we are always around. If you're having problems, throw a message in support, and the team will get right back to you. Until then, see you guys.